Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. And welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. For those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to talk to real people all around the world, from those living with the disease to family members, businesses, researchers, advocates, musicians, movie directors, you name it, you're welcome here. And we cover all different types of dementias as well. Um, if you liked our opening song, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can download that um, at any of your favorite um, music platforms if you like. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping here first before I introduce our guest. So I want to give a shout out to uh, Picnic Health. Picnic Health is a, is a really cool uh, research project, basically, and you can join it. And uh, by going to picnichealth.com forward slash speaks and sign up and get $25. What they do is they collect and digitize all of your medical records into one online account. And then you can go ahead and consent to share anonymized data from your records with medical researchers. Um, And by examining the real-world data from real people's medical records, researchers can find answers that couldn't be found in clinical trials. So know that there's really important information in each person's unique health journey. So if you're able to and willing to, please share your story. And if you care for someone with Alzheimer's disease, you can um, sign up on their behalf as well. Uh, as long as you manage their medical records. And, um, again, go to picnichealth.com forward slash speaks and receive that $25. In the holiday season that it is, I think it's really important for people to be able to find support that they need. So don't forget to check out dementiamap.com. It's a, it's a growing global resource directory where not only can you find a variety of resources, we have like 150 categories, but there are also events, there are articles, there are terms, because as you know, anytime you step into a kind of a new puddle, you don't know what you don't know. So finding out some of those common terms are really, really helpful. I'd also like to invite you to two support groups that I work with. One is Arthur's Memory Care, and we do that the second and fourth Wednesday of each month, and that is virtual. And we we start at 1 o'clock Central, so that would be 2 o'clock Eastern, noon Mountain Time, and 11 a.m. Pacific. And if you're interested in um, information uh, to get the link to Zoom, just reach out to me on that. And then also, um, once a month, Brookdale North Oaks here in Minnesota sponsors a in-person support group specifically for care partners. And that's at 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time at the Shoreview Parks and Rec Center. And you can call to register for that at 763-913-6040. So um, why don't we go ahead and uh, listen to the foot bar walker. This is just such an incredible game changer when it comes to walkers. And we'll come right back and introduce you to Trin Rose. 
Introducing the life-changing Footbar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Footbar Walker revolutionized my care of George. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. The Footbar Walker opens and closes just like a standard walker. The only thing that is different is the top bar and the foot bar. Does that ever make a difference? Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The Footbar Walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up, and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's the thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the Footbar Walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the Footbar Walker. I just love that thing. Check it out. You can just go to thefootbarwalker.com. Now it's time to introduce our guest today who I'm thrilled is back with us. Um, She is just an absolute joy. And if you're having a bad day after listening to Trin Rose Seeley, uh, that will change for you. She is a professional photographer, musician, and expressive therapist who brings music and creative arts to all ages. She writes books and speaks about life, the life-giving magic of the arts for health and happiness. And Lord knows we all need a little bit more health and happiness in our lives these days. So welcome, Trin Rose. I'm thrilled you're back with us today. So glad to be here. Yay. December. We are all in the holiday spin. May we have some peace and joy along the way. (laughs) When you said spin, it made me think I have to go out driving, and we're getting a lot of snow here in Minnesota right now, and the roads are supposed to get a little bad later. But uh, I'm still going out because the girls are getting together, and we we don't get together all that often, and so it's going to be kind of our little holiday party tonight. So that will be That'll be fun. A bunch of a bunch of women that I worked with when I sold real estate. So, um, always a good time there. Uh, Trent Rose, I want to ask you um, my my first question. I ask all our guests, and that is, have you been personally touched in your own family and circle of friends by dementia? I have uh, great aunts and uncles that passed away of a stroke at age 95. So I personally do not have a lot of dementia in my personal family, but in my professional work, I started working with young children and moved into working with elders with Alzheimer's and different forms of dementia and feel very inspired about human beings have always enjoyed that a person is still there even if you can't access their energy the same way that they used to be able to present themselves in the world. So I've worked in the field for more than 20 years, and I just love finding that spark in a person's a person's selfhood that's still present and still there to bring out while, um, while people are doing caregiving and, and living a good life still. Yeah, oh, I... I totally agree with you there. Um, you know, abilities change. Abilities change for all of us, though. And, you know, as humans, we are creatures of adaption on how to still move forward. And it saddens me sometimes when people give up when someone gets a chronic illness. And uh, so I, I'm so glad we're having this conversation today. Why don't we start with, you know, how can how can people thrive as care partners, caregivers, cares, uh, care companions, whatever word you want to use, as they ride this wave of change? And, um, you know, it's, it's on every front, in every culture today, um, at every level. And, uh, and so I think, I think change is not just in the world of dementia, but just everything we do seems like we have to do it different these days. Absolutely. It's a time of uh, renewing what's important to us as a culture, and that could be worldwide, but also just in our own, in our own country, in our families, and where our priorities lie, um, especially around the holidays right now. You know, we, we have 
put, we put such high expectations on ourselves to have a lot of fun and do everything right and have all the decorations the right way and make sure everyone's enjoying it. And it's a lot of pressure on anybody, mm-hmm. on any family. Um, so I think it's um, really important to remember that life, feeling good and comfortable and feeling confident in our day and the way that our day goes is just as important at this time of year as any other time of year. Um, I think also in general about young people are the new caregivers too. We're not just talking to people who are in their 60s or 70s. We're talking to people who are in their 40s or even their 20s. And we have to Mm -hmm. shift the way we think about you know, you're just going to take care of your family member for the next five to 20 years, and that's going to be your life. It doesn't work that way anymore. Um, young people want to be getting out there in the world. They want to be giving what they have to give. It's kind of a challenging time with COVID still um, in the world. And so it's really important to fill our own cups while we're caregiving and think about our own health as we go about this journey of caregiving. Um, the, the way I got through the COVID year last year is I did a meditation class. I took one and I led meditations once a week for people online. And I I just went to the dentist the other day and I used all my meditation techniques to survive that <laughs> couple of hours. I tell you what, inside my mind, I'm just quiet inside my mind saying, I am so grateful for modern techniques. <laughs> for mm-hmm. I am so grateful. And it was hard. Um, but being able to recenter myself and stay quiet inside, even as hard things were happening on the outside, this is what this is what I'm passionate about, teaching people to do, especially in the caregiving role that's more intense than just caring. We're all meant to be caring for our families and our friends. But when it's an intense caregiving journey, we have to fill our own cups and we have to, you know, this is the time to take up a a five-minute meditation practice. If you haven't yet, this is Mm -hmm. the time to do it and learn how to have that few minutes of quiet inside yourself, even if things are a struggle on the outside or challenging, because this world has changed. It's changed from 15 years ago or 10 years ago when we want to say this is just this is your partner, this is your best friend, this is your brother or sister, um, it's important to do care. But we have to fill our own cups while we're doing that. You know, get mm-hmm. some energy back. I agree, and I, I so many people I talk to have stopped like watching the news. They've known to kind of turn that off because it's just putting them in overload. Uh, but a lot of people don't know what else to do. So I'm I'm glad you brought up, you know, the meditating, just sitting, sitting quietly, um, being grateful for, for what is in your life. Because sometimes it's really, really hard to, to see that when you're feeling overwhelmed with all the change or all the loss or all the grief uh, that your body might be processing. But I know for me, um, meditating has made a huge, huge difference. And just clearing icky energy out of me, you know, I do like breathing. I don't know if you do deep breathing, but I, on my um, inhales, I ask God or my higher power for whatever I need in that moment. And I am usually not specific because they might see things that I don't. And then on my exhales, I ask for all the toxins in my mind, body, and soul. And that means my inner critic yapping at me to leave the room, (laughs) leave me alone. Uh, Because sometimes I give give that inner critic a little bit too much power. And that just, uh, I do that like 11 times, and that just changes the chemistry within my body. But... um, which is wonderful, but it also changes my thought process and, and makes me conscious of, of what's going on when you take those few minutes to be still, which I think is important um, in the Absolutely. journey. I'm a, yes. I'm a oh, big gardener as well, and I get outside with the plants and the flowers and the, the, the roses are growing now and the, the herb garden and things smell good. You know, rosemary grows here like these big hedges 
really kind of amazing. And you just rub on that rosemary and pick it and smell it, and it it's good for the brain. It's good for the, the mind, and mm-hmm. it, it's invigorating. And um, and taking a short walk, you know, I live in Arizona where right now it's cloudy and it'll be cool, but we get to walk outside at this time of year. And just even a five-minute walk changes everything in my mind and my worries, and it just releases it. And looking at the sky, and you know, I'm a physical physically oriented person that way gardening and walking and it doesn't have to be a heavy workout (laughs) to change Mm -hmm. your feelings and change your mode and the same for anyone that you're caring for they will enjoy that as well even if you're just going out in your yard for a few minutes just to see what's going on Um, it just changes the whole scene and just Mm -hmm. reset and as relief and comfort and peace. And then you can do whatever else you need to do. You know, part of what I want to share with people today is how simple that can be, how simple it can be to change the energy from, I don't want to take a shower. Or, I, I already did, or I already brushed my teeth. And you could spend your whole day talking about that or you can you can get that restoration for everybody with music and stories and photographs and things that re-anchor you. Then you can feel that sort of peace and calm. And then then you say, "Hey, you know, I'm going down the hall. Let's let's freshen up before lunch." And you're you're in the bathroom and you're out of the bathroom. You're not talking about the bathroom. You're talking about real life and the joys of of a full life experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, this year I know you've had some challenges yourself um, with cancer in your family and caregiving. Um, what have you learned on your journey? Because, I mean, it's a, you know, giving care is not ending. We do it every day um, if we know it or not. Uh, it just depends on the level and the the extreme and the amount of support around you and I think many people don't even see that as being a caregiver. You know, they're just a spouse or a son or a daughter or a friend that wants to help. So what what have you learned this past year? It's been quite a fall. Um, my, my mom, who is also Trin, she's the second Trin in my family, and I'm number three. Um, she discovered that she had uh, pancreatic cancer in September. And we were all of course surprised and worried and upset and it's a it's a big journey with pancreatic cancer. Often what happens with pancreatic is people don't have symptoms soon enough to do anything about it. Now we felt we felt extremely boggled and amazed and delighted to find that after you know two months of a couple of treatments of chemo and a lot of love and prayers and letters and kindnesses from people we love all over the all over the world, she has been told that she is in remission from cancer. Wow. We are incredibly relieved, but boy, has it been an intense fall. We called our brothers on the East Coast to have them come right out and visit. We just didn't know where things were going to go. So we got them out here with their kids and we had a good visit and just it's you don't know what's next when you're saying, okay, here's the beginning of the story. This is a story that does not typically have a, a very comfortable ending. Mm-hmm. We... Um, we looked into chemotherapy. It was very uh, stressful and painful and uh, put my mom in the hospital after the second treatment for more than a week. And we thought, well, this is it. This is the end. This is so difficult and, and troublesome. And when she came out of the hospital, I want to just say the hospital can be very helpful for a certain amount of time. And then there's a point of diminishing returns where we were really happy to get her home and uh, back in her own home. Home is best, as we say around our family. Mm-hmm. Home is best. And she had a CAT scan a couple of weeks after she returned home to find that the tumor had virtually disappeared. So the chemo must have helped. We got a lot of advice about chemotherapy being 
uh, very challenging for the body. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're grateful that what she did do seemed to work, plus all the, the loving energy and support. Um, so we, what we started to focus on is being restoring to normal. There were some low blood counts from chemo, also from uh, a methylfolate issue that we have in our, a lot of members of our family have where we, we the, the blood cells can't produce as many as they need and my mom is uh, 78. She turned 78 in September. Um, so it tends to happen as you're getting older that your blood cells can't uh, reproduce enough. So the platelet level was low already. The chemo really knocked it out. So when we, she was able to get several blood transfusions to get back to a normal level of blood cells, she started feeling better. Mm-hmm. And when we took off one of the medicines that was supposed to help she was feeling better. She switched to a different anti-nausea medicine. Then she was feeling better. You know, it, it's just, it's quite a complicated journey um, to mm-hmm. make decisions about what you do to to get better or to ride the wave of what's happening. Are we in decline? Are we trying to get better from this? We're just really thankful that we are in the, the stage of we're getting better, <laughs> Mm-hmm. So restoring, you know, and, and we did some singing in the hospital. We've always all been singers, musicians, and singing, you know, beautiful, quiet songs like, Peace is flowing like a river, and um, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. You know, just these quiet little songs that restore our spirits while we're going through these troublesome physical things. Mm-hmm. Um, so just feel really grateful that we have this creativity in our lives to draw upon in these difficult situations. There were mm-hmm. times when I wanted to step in and say, well, we should be doing this. Why don't we try that? And the energy coming back was, no, I just, I don't want to do any of those things. I just want to be left alone. I'm doing what I'm doing. It was hard to step back a bit, but to realize, in this case, my mom did not have dementia. She just simply had, she's a registered nurse. She knew, knew what she wanted to do. And we're just super happy that we have come through that intense part of this journey. But to have all these creative interests and music that we love and, you know, t- looking at photo albums of our family and our uh, the kids and the grandkids these are things that we already do in our lives, and it's the reason that I, I know what I know is because of my family's values of creativity and you know humor and laughter and getting through the hard pieces, uh, weaving that in amongst the hard pieces. We've come out at this point on the happier side. Mm-hmm. really grateful. Oh, that's wonderful. <clears throat> that's wonderful. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I know sometimes that's not easy to do, and um, but but I do appreciate that because you know if it's cancer, if it's dementia, if it's heart disease, it, it, there's so many overlapping factors when you're giving care. Bottom line, it affects your relationships. Um, it you know it can affect people's personalities and abilities uh, on all levels with all of these things, and so it's just important to talk about those dynamics and. How do you how do you center yourself? Um, let's talk about you know how creativity can really serve the whole family you know at all levels of care from little little to old when it comes to caregiving and and is there is there a technique or something that you apply or try to apply in every um, caregiving situation? Well, you know me, Lori. My <laughs> My book is called 15 Minutes of Fame. One photo does wonders to bring you both back to solid ground. And my my motto is one photo, one song, one story does wonders for your daily mm-hmm. life. And to mm-hmm. unpack that a little bit, it's to start with something small if you don't know, you don't think you know how to do this. But of course, we do know, and the reason that there are these different aspects, photographs, music, life stories, 
um, is because people have different focuses in their lives. Some people are really love looking at their photo albums or photos that they've taken and they've enlarged and put on their walls or that they send out Christmas cards every year and say, let's get the, the funnest photo that, of our year that we did. Let's send that one out so everyone knows that we, you know, went to Mount Everest or we we had that crazy trip to Atlanta, you know, whatever it is they want people to see, this is our life. It's in this photo and mm-hmm. in a song. You know, these are songs that we love that in that bring us joy. Um, and sometimes people just love to tell the story of something that's important in their life, something that they've accomplished. These mm-hmm. are different kinds of focuses of creativity. Dancing. Some people are dancers. Some people are athletes. Um, some people are writers, and they've written books themselves. So you, you want to figure out which of those areas of creativity you want to feature in your own family's story, and then do those things, enjoy those things. Is it reading poetry out loud? Is it reading from spiritual resources that bring people back to ground, bring them back to center, you know, bring them back to feeling comfortable, confident, and then everything works better um, instead of just getting stuck in the, the hard conversations of, you know, other things I was mentioning before. I, I already went to the bathroom. I already brushed my teeth. I already I had lunch uh, or I, I'm hungry, but you just had lunch. Like you can spend your time talking about life like that, but it's not that much fun to talk mm-hmm. about life that way. If, you, yep. if you're bringing in the joy and the fun and the beauty and the, the real authentic things about people's lives, then you're on a higher key and you're all going to be feeling better and that will make life go better for everybody. I have some specific stories to tell, but, you know, that creativity is, it builds authentic connection, trust, comfort, and there's more ease and success in daily activities. That's why you do those things. Yep, exactly. And who doesn't need a, an easier process through their day? I don't care who you are. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times we get jammed up and we just we spin in that cycle of dysfunction and kind of this push and pull. And uh, if there's any way to, to make that easier, that just is uh, so helpful because it makes everybody's day. You know, a little bit better, which I think is is absolutely amazing. Um, what have you? Um, or wait a second, I'm on my wrong wrong note. I was going to ask you the same uh, dang question that I just asked you. <laughs> so too oh, funny. No worries. <laughs> um, I can tell you some. I can tell you some musical stories. I was going to focus on music a little bit today because there are two um, musical figures that have influenced my life deeply that have passed away in the last couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. I wanted to just mention for me as a musician, I've always enjoyed music and it certainly helps me reset after something stressful or just something that I love to do. Uh, Stephen Sondheim is a big theater figure. He passed away on my birthday, which was November 26th. And he wrote the lyrics for the songs of West Side Story. Mm-hmm. He also wrote several other musicals, but that's you know one of the most famous and his first. Um, the other famous one that I really love is called Into the Woods, which is a weaving together of many fairy tales and folk tales to tell stories of happily ever after and then maybe the consequences of doing whatever it takes to get what you want. <laughs> I mean, it, it's beautifully done and powerful. And um, that was powerful that, that the things, the lessons that he's taught us and he's influenced theater for 50 years, um, those things will live on because of what he's written and because of what he's contributed. And, and the same thing is true of our own families. You know, the things that your family member has done, your spouse, your best friend, these are valuable contributions to the culture. So I found that very poignant that we all have to go at some time, but to see Sondheim pass away, it's very been very poignant in my heart. There was a song that I sang when we were especially worried about my mom that I posted on my Facebook page. And I'd just like to sing a short lick of that. It's from this musical called Into the Woods. 
And this is how it goes. Hard to see the light now. Just don't let it go. Things will be all right now. You can make it through. No one is alone. Believe me, no one is alone. And that's just one small thing that reminded me that we're going to be okay here. My mom is a strong person, a beautiful person. And if this is her time to go, well, we're going to remember her and love her and and let her have her process. We're over the moon thrilled that that is not what's happening at this time. But that that was a poignant thing that happened for me is to to see that Sondheim has, has left us, but his work and his influence stays certainly in my heart and fills it up. The other person musically that has just passed away on the weekend is named Bill Staines. He's written a lot of beautiful folk songs. He's from New Hampshire. Um, and there's a song called River that is probably his best-known song. My aunt always sang it. Um, I saw Bill Staines perform at Michigan State when I was a, even before I was in college. I did graduate from Michigan State as well. But um, I re- just recorded that song this morning and sent it to my aunt in Tucson and just said, thank you for for bringing us this song and the love of this song. So I'd love to sing a short part of that. I'll sing the chorus of that song. Something to look up. It's really a touching song. Bill Staines. River, take me along in your sunshine. Sing me a song ever moving and winding and free. You rolling old river, you changing old river. Let's you and me river down to the sea. These are the kind of anchors that I love that bring me back to center and back to ground and just at honoring these people's lives, that the gifts they've given will, will give on for generations to come. And the same is true of all of us. All of our families have given us gifts and inspired us in our lives, if a person has Alzheimer's or another form of dementia and you can't access them the same way you always used to, just remember they're still themselves and they're still just as beautiful on the inside and they're trying to stay here until they're ready to go. They, so it's important to remember who they are. If they're a guitar player, put out that guitar they're a piano player, open the piano and set some music on the piano that even the title of songs that they used to love to play, they surprisingly will play. It's muscle memory for people that are musicians. They just will play, but they may not remember to ask you, hey, where's my guitar? <laughs> hey, where's my, where's my songbook? You know, they want to have it handed to them and say, this is what you love. And it's remarkable. I have just Dozens of stories of people. You may have seen that movie, Alive Inside. Did you see that movie, Alive Inside, uh, with people putting headphones of music on, just right on to people's ears, and a person who was just very quiet and looking down and not engaged within three seconds is animated and smiling and laughing and remembering and singing along. I mean, music just turns that, turns that memory back on for all of us. So these are some of the things that I think are really valuable that any of us can access in different ways, either by playing them on the radio, playing them on a, a live you know, a streaming service, you know, having your grandkids send you songs on their iTunes. I mean, there's so many ways that we can experience music experience it, bring it, bring it on and do it and listen. And if you're a singer, sing it. And if you're a listener, listen to it. It will, it will change the tone of what's happening in your, in your world with the person you're caring for. So I, I have to apologize. I had my main line go out here. So I'm talking on my cell phone here. So I apologize. 
uh, for the delay on that, but I had to I had to flip flip phones here. Um, uh, good old technology, technology. Yeah. technology. <laughs> yep, yep. It's, uh, it's one of the gifts that dementia I think gives us all is to not sweat the small stuff, even though it seems like it's big. In the in the you know full picture, it's really minute. So. Again, apologize if the, if the quality isn't as good, but we're still having a conversation, and that's what's, that's the important thing here is to still yeah. be able to connect and have a conversation and, like we're talking about, adapt, you know, do things yeah. maybe a little, yeah. a little bit differently with that. Um, what are some of the, the hopeful trends that you're seeing in healthcare and their approaches for um, both family and professionals to use uh, with loved ones who, who may be ill? Well, I want to say, Lori, and you and I have watched this trend evolve over the last, say, you know, decade or more, is that the conversation has shifted towards more creative ways to walk the path of caregiving. It's really uh, heartening for me to see online, the conversations that caregivers are having with each other when someone will come in on a Facebook page and say, I'm new here, you know, my spouse has Alzheimer's and I don't know what to do. Um, what I'm seeing in response, not only make sure you go to a doctor that you trust and get a full health workup because it might not be Alzheimer's and you don't want it to be Alzheimer's if it's something that can be cured or mitigated with medical treatments, um, which is my favorite answer of all. Um, But also um, you're seeing that caregivers are giving others advice about music and stories and dance and um, bring the joy back to to your daily life because it will make the journey better. That just makes me so happy. It feels like, well, I can hang up my hat and do another, take take another field and and do some more support in different ways in the world because it's happening. It's not just Mm -hmm. here's the medical advice, here's here's a medication that's going to cure Alzheimer's. That's, you know, people will keep on developing the science, but the, the social and emotional joy of, of reconnecting a caregiver with the person that they're caring for in a lovely way with more joy and more ease, that just heartens me greatly. People are mm-hmm. singing. People are bringing music to their, to their dining room table in the morning. You know, people are, they know, they know they should be gardening and they should bring in the tomatoes from outside and put that plant right on your dining room table if that's what it takes to, for that, for your family member to enjoy the garden, you know, do it. Don't worry yep. about being fancy yep. in your dining room. Let's have some fun and <laughs> bring the gardening in if that's what you need to do. That's just that's just really important. And um, I really do see the trend of people wanting to stay in their own homes and not go to a care community. There are certainly times and places for care communities, especially if. It, it becomes too challenging to care, give at home. I completely understand that and have seen that and done that myself of being a caregiver in a home. Um, you can bring private uh, professional caregivers into the home. Um, you can uh, place somebody in a home if it gets to be uh, too much responsibility, and that's important to make those decisions when they come up. But if you can care for your family member or friend at home, Home is best, as I said in my in my own caregiving journey with my mom. Home is best, so let's make home an easier place to be with these creative approaches. I have three mm-hmm. different books that I've been able to contribute to. The one I mentioned, Fifteen Minutes of Fame. Um, the second book I've been able to put a chapter in is by Deborah Schaus, a wonderful caregiver as well. In the field, her book is called Connecting in the Land of Dementia, Creative Activities to Explore Together. And the third book has been a real joy. It's called Dementia Friendly Worship, a multi-faith handbook for chaplains, clergy, and faith communities, which turns out it is, it's like reading the best of every faith system. 
from Sikh to Baptist to Muslim to Christian and Native American traditions and Jewish. It has all these different ways to bring bring a worshipful sphere to a person at home who is of a certain faith. If a person who is Catholic has done counted the rosary all of their life, well, you put out that rosary for them and count the rosary with them, and it will restore their center and their peace and their joy. Um, don't put these things away and say, well, we can't go out to church right now. It's too hard. The person that I'm caring for gets confused. They get frustrated. You know, don't leave it a vacant space in your life. Bring those things back to yourself. So this book, Mm -hmm. Friendly Worship, they're all on Amazon. They're all on my website. And um, I just feel really, really pleased to be able to share the good news that creativity will go hand in hand with caregiving. It's the perfect pair to make it beautiful for everyone on the journey. Oh yeah, I I agree. What a what a lovely lovely um, sentiment. Um, and it is a tough time out there right now. With you know, what do I do? Do I keep somebody home, or you know, um, do I do I place them? Do we try to do adult day, which there's not even very many of those around uh, to be able to do. You know, as a whole, and you know, families families struggle with those decisions and. You know, rightfully so. They're not they're not easy decisions to make um, by yes. any stretch, and so I think people really need to understand. Um, you know, if they're feeling really frustrated, they are by far not alone um, in this in this decision at all. This is really really common for people to feel um, quite frustrated and and overwhelmed during this process. Um, the thing that I would just add is I think it's so important for people to look at themselves, too, in their own health and what can they physically do. Um, a lot of times they see people not being realistic and and really putting a strain on their own health. And, you know, then you, then you're dealing with if something happens to you, Who's going to take care of your loved one? You know, if you're not if you're not healthy, and I think that that's yeah. a really really important factor. Have you seen people struggling with that? Absolutely. I mean, I've done a lot of uh, phone consultations, and one woman uh, who's older herself stands out in my mind as a person who said, you know, "Nobody understands." When they say, mm-hmm. "Oh, I haven't seen you around. Um, we should have coffee sometime," and she says, "Where do you even begin to say what's really going on for you at home? Her herself with her husband, and that was it. No one else there." She said, "I there's no way. I can't even take a minute for myself. I, I'm I'm doing these hard, you know, caregiving pieces. I'm, I'm in the bathroom." Mm-hmm you know, seven times a day, and I'm still changing all the sheets five times a day. Like, nobody understands when they say, I miss you, how, you know, why don't we get together? Like, there's no getting together. <laughs> I'm, I'm mm-hmm. at the very bottom of my barrel. And, you know, for me to be able to share a bit with her about these are the ways you can get through your day with a stronger base underneath you to ground both of you. Make sure you set out those music, you know, those those music things that your husband loves, and make sure you are writing these stories down and and sharing them, and even in just a small card that says, you know, you are a lawyer and you have helped the world so much through your work. Thank you. That one little cue can bring you both back to a solid place of peace and comfort and calm. And then you're ready to have breakfast because you're sitting at the table together, smiling about something beautiful. You know, yeah. these things, uh, it's, it's so important to build, you know, have hobbies and loves and tell people what they are and do them so you can draw on them in your hardest times. You know, mm-hmm. Let music heal you. Let art, you know, bring you joy. If you're the kind of person who's an artist who, who loves art on the walls or in books, you know, 
look at Monet's paintings, look at Van Gogh's paintings and talk about them and, you know, lift yourselves up from just the, the, the spiral downward. This is so important. Creativity is not this extra flurry around the edge that if you can squeeze it in, it's important. No, it's actually what creates the path of joy for all of you. Um, <laughs> and uh, on a slightly different angle, I work for the group called the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation that has four pillars of health. And those health methods are for us as well, the caregiver and Mm -hmm. our children. The way we're going to conquer Alzheimer's is by becoming healthier ourselves at every age. You know, preventing Alzheimer's starts at age 15. (laughs) It doesn't start Mm -hmm. at age 60. It starts when you're young. So if you are a person who takes a walk every day and you eat well and you you do some kind of uh, meditation or centering practice that brings your body into a peaceful way, you mentioned those beautiful, just a simple breathing technique, breathing in gratitude, you know, breathing out joy, and having a having a life purpose, something that keeps you going, that gets you excited to get out of bed in the morning. Just something that's your value. If you're a quilter, if you're an inventor, if you're a, you know, there's all sorts of things that people do in their lives. You're a collector. You're a, you're a, a, you do soup kitchens. You know, you, you do community gardening for your community. Whatever it is, do those things and have those, have those pieces in your life that you can draw upon when you need them, when you're, mm-hmm. when you're in greater physical need. These are the joys you'll return to. If you've built these beautiful habits in your life, one, we're going to be physically healthier, but two, we're certainly going to be emotionally healthier and happier. That's what I like to share with people. Yeah, I I agree. Um, what about, you know, caring for the, the care partner, the caregiver, the carer? Um you know, I, I know that that's a real important piece for you as well. What are some takeaways um, that you want to give people in terms of caring for themselves and not, not feeling like they're selfish in terms of doing that? It's just like the airplane where they say you have to give yourself oxygen before you help, turn and help the person next to you. If you're all the way depleted, then then you're both sunk. So it's just valuable to have to pursue, you know, beauty and joy. As I've said, if it's music, if it's stories, if it's photographs, if it's um, just these ways of recentering yourself, um, so that you can be a supportive person to the person you're caring for, um, and you will gain your own health. You have to, um, to to be able to give anything to somebody else. So it's not this separate piece. It's, it's completely integrated into, you know, if you're feeling better about your life, so will the person you're caring for. And if you're mm-hmm. pursuing creativity in these joyful ways, everyone's going to be happier. You're just going to be happier, healthier, and you'll have ways to get through your day. You know how activity... Uh, professionals love activity calendars because there's National Peanut Butter Day and there's National Talk Like a Pirate Day. And why do we do that? Because they have something fun to do every single day of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you want to create that own your own base for yourself in your home. Try this at home. Do these things. Engaging keeps life going, keeps it interesting, keeps it a great pleasure for all involved. Yeah, I I totally, totally agree. Um, Well, Trin Rose, you always give us such wonderful, wonderful advice. Anything that we missed that you want to cover that uh, maybe we didn't? Well, let me leave you with a story and a short lick of a song that probably everybody knows. Uh, There's a a care... uh, an adult day program that I worked at before COVID was happening. And um, we had, you know, imagine setting the scene, 10 dulcimers, 20, 20 people in a circle. We're all strumming the dulcimers. We're singing along. We're singing songs like you are my sunshine. We're singing the national anthem. But then I 
started singing, Almost Heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. And this woman who was there for the first time, I didn't know her. I didn't know her name yet. Her eyes got really wide. She started smiling. She was leaning in, singing along. And she said at the end of the song, you know what? I'm from West Virginia. And she was so happy. She was immediately, immediately we made an authentic connection between us. I didn't know that was going to happen, but it did. And every time after that, when I went to visit, I would sing that song because I knew it would bring her joy and laughter. She was quiet. Mm -hmm. She wasn't speaking a lot. But then all of a sudden, this song just magically brought life-giving magic, as you said. You know, it brings Uh joy. So there's other, you know, people have different ways that they do that. But for me, especially, it's music. Mm Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, Trinrose, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. It's always a pleasure to to have you with us. Uh, People can go to your website, which is caregiverheart.com, caregiverheart.com, or they can email you at Trinrose, that's T-R-Y-N-R-O-S-E at gmail.com. And uh, learn a little bit more. You might want to check out her books as well and uh, all of her resources. You've got a wonderful blog there, um, too. Why don't you give a plug for your, for your book there? My book is called 15 Minutes of Fame. One photo does wonders to bring you both back to solid ground. It's a very nice and tidy beginner's guide for how to do this work that I'm describing, the creativity and bringing the energy back for everyone involved, including family who's far away, giving them ideas of what to do when they give a phone call or uh, professionals that are coming into your home, how to really get to know the person that's here, that's still here, that wants to enjoy life. And I, I love it. I love sharing it with people. So please take a look and Stay in touch. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for your time, and we wish you and your family nothing um, more than blessed holiday season and look forward to chatting with you again in 2022. So thank you so much. We will talk soon. Thank you, Lori. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.